2: On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 a.m. Inside Football with Guillaume Balaguet on Talk Sport.
3: Hello and welcome to this latest episode of Inside Football. With me, Guillaume Balague. Today I'm in conversation with Xavi Alonso, the Liverpool, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich and Spain midfielder who has won a huge array of trophies, including a World Cup, European trophies and league titles and of course that famous Champions League medal in 2004-05. In this his first season as retired professional, I come to Madrid to meet with him. A smart hotel with views of the city and a stone's throw from the Bernabéu, a city that is now his home full-time. In this meeting, we talked about that night in Istanbul, of course, but also what getting kicked in the chest by Nigel de Jong felt like, how Pep and Jose have influenced him, and of course, we discuss what next for this player, loved by fans across the globe and admired by his fellow professionals.
4: Alba leaves the defend on the back foot, comes back towards Javi Alonso, and he heads the ball back across the goalkeeper and into the net, and on his 100th appearance for Spain, Javi Alonso opens the scoring. Gap to go through, Xabi Alonso closes it, and he's gone for it, and Harper slipped! Alonso was the who took the free kick and a strong challenge and now shot from Alonso and Xavi Alonso has made it four as the full-time whistle blows Spain are European champions world champions and European champions again there will be no dethroning tonight history is made in Kiev a benchmark for excellence is established Xabi Alonso to take
1: it up he stand, it's safe up, corner it's unbelievable AC Milan free, Liverpool free Andrei Shavchenko, the European player of the year to keep his side in the penalty shooter And it's safe, Liverpool are kings of Europe 21 years on, they come of age again They surround Jersey Dudek at half time They were dead and buried, no one could quite believe this
3: Chubby, first of all, do you remember the first day after you? Just I don't want to say retirement, but it is retirement because you're 36 and you retired. It just doesn't sound right.
5: Well, I was 35, in fact. Now I'm 36, but uh, no, the first days were like sweet days. Well, now they are even now sweet days. I am enjoying my retirement, my my new life. But the first days, I didn't even realize that I stopped what I had been doing for the last 17 years as a professional. It was like uh, the summer break. It was like the okay. Now I have around three, four weeks holidays, and I will start a new position somewhere. Going to America, going to Asia. So I, I didn't even realize that it was, it was the end. Uh, slowly, I got used to it. The summer was quite long. I enjoyed it with with family, and you know, it it was a decision that I took. Very, I was really conscious. I. I thought about it uh, quite a long time. I kind of uh, negotiated with with myself that it was the right timing. Uh, I'm happy the way it it happened.
3: A lot of uh, players retire and then they struggle next because they hadn't thought of it or they were in this running machine that continues going and then all of a sudden either you or your body decides to switch it off. You had kind of an idea
5: of what's coming Uh, next? I have an idea, but it's still early days. I guess that is still is too short to to see what's gonna happen with my life, what are my next plans. I don't want to commit at the moment with anything. I need to to take some steps back to get some distance from the game. Uh, for sure, I I like it. I love it. Uh, I think that I can uh, have some kind of impact from somewhere else where I've been uh, for the last years. But everything comes in the right time. So at the moment, I have absolutely no rush. I am enjoying my my time with with my family, with with weekends, with uh, proper holidays. And we will see.
3: You all say that you never stop learning. Okay. So what was the last thing the last thing you learned?
5: I don't know. But, <laughs> but for sure, I I didn't. I've been in many many leagues, many countries, and many great clubs, so I, my career hasn't been... Uh, you know, I, I admire those uh, one club men, I, 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 I love them, and, but my personality, I, I wanted to, to be able to experience new things, uh, to be able to adapt to new countries, to, to challenge myself to go to new, new, new countries, new clubs. And I've been lucky enough to play in top clubs for me. That they had a great history and a great present uh, for that Liverpool, Madrid, and Bayern. So I have learned from each country, from each club, and from each each league for sure.
3: Let's go back to to your youth because. Uh... Your English is, is very good and that has obviously helped you as soon well as you went to, to Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was because you were... Did you, you go to Ireland for...? Yeah, I
5: went for a couple of summers to, to Ireland uh, when I was uh, 14, 15 and that helped me a lot. To, when I first got in, um, when I arrived in Liverpool, I was just 22 but I had an OK level of English, probably not uh, good enough to, to pick the Scouts accent. <laughs> but uh, I, I, it was it a was an start and, and for sure it helped me a lot to be able to, to communicate with, uh, with the players, uh, with the fans uh, and to, and to um, embrace and to commit uh, to the club in a, in a faster way. So then when
3: Liverpool came about, that possibility, what, how did it come about and, and why Liverpool?
5: They showed very strong interest. I had a great conversation with with Rafa, and I thought that it was the right time t- for me to take uh, one step and to, to take a big challenge. And, you you know, were it was, it was an early project in Liverpool that 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 year. It was the first year of Rafa, and no one would would have expected to to have such a successful start, for sure. Not even the most optimistic guy in Liverpool, probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know uh, that probably that. Accelerated all the progress of you know of being uh, and embracing the culture of the club and and you know and feeling a part of Liverpool family and it's it's not just a slogan it's it's a fact.
3: You were 22. I was 22. 22, right. and famously you you lived in in the, in the Albert Dock or around there. Yeah, the yeah
5: I was in the I was in the docks,
3: uh, and that of course helped you understand the whole.
5: Yeah, I was really close to the city, to, to the, what was going on uh, with, the, with the supporters, uh, so because at that age I, I didn't feel uh, I had to, to be far away from the city. I preferred to be in the heart where things were happening, because I was used to that in San Sebastian and I wanted to continue that way now. I am a different man, I have three kids, I am 36, I don't <laughs> but know. Where would you live if you were will. I will buy. I will get a house, probably. by the beach. Yeah, yeah. With the dog and... <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> of course. Uh, but I don't know if you realise at the time, you were the first Spanish player, Oh, let's put it a different way, you, you were the Spanish player that changed perception of our Spanish players, because what we had before were... Veterans that were at the end of their careers, or very young players like SS Fabregas or Piquet, who just arrived before they actually mature. You were the first top player from La Liga that came over to, to England.
5: Yeah, I was a good player from La Liga, you know. I don't know if top player, but I was, an, I was in the national team, I had played the, the Euro in Portugal, but, uh, you know, still like a project of what was I going to become. And, you know, for me it was a big challenge. I needed to prove myself and to prove. To show everyone that I was able—I didn't know that—so it was like, okay, Xavi, let's let's see uh, what are you made of, and 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 to to prove yourself and, and people that I am able to play at that at that level, and everything you know went better than expected. You know, I I, uh, I had a good impact. Uh, I improved a lot with Rafa. Uh, Rafa taught me a lot of uh, you know. Football things uh, because he had a great uh, career and great years in in, uh, in Valencia, so he had a lot of prestige and you could see that he had that you know uh, from the players we always believed in oh, what Rafa 's message, and that was very important because uh, for the profile of players that we had, I think that Rafa he was a very good uh, manager for us what was it that you learned responsibility. Uh, how to play the games? How to prepare each game? To have a plan, not just to play the game. To, to commit to a plan and to try to uh, to play a plan so that you can gain advantage over the opponent. And, and we knew that on those days, those years, head to head in a two legs game, uh, tie, we could we could bet anyone.
3: You are listening to Inside Football with Guillem Balague. ...featuring Liverpool legend Xavi Alonso. Coming up, we discuss that night in Istanbul.
2: Inside Football with Guillaume Balagay on Talk Sport.
3: Do you feel that... We have to reevaluate a little bit that era because it's not just a success uh, in the Champions League or the FA Cup. It's just that you, Rafa, that, that, uh, uh, that time and that work was done against the tide a little bit. That was not the done thing. The way you wanted to play, the, t- the way you wanted to control the games, the way, the way you prepared the games, it was
5: new. For me it wasn't that different maybe for the for the English guys or for the you know for Sammy or for ging for the guys that they were there it was more different uh, but for me, I was really really happy to that we had someone that was making us play that way uh, believing that that way probably we lacked uh, a little bit of um, creativity in terms of uh, to be that good enough to to win at least the premier league or to be closer to challenge we were close but we we missed that that edge uh, to have that uh, that chance and we for sure we will miss that uh, trophy in our cabinets but uh, in in europe we we felt good enough to beat anyone and we beat uh, the best chelsea we beat Barcelona that just just had won the uh, the Champions League against Ar- against Arsenal, Madrid, Arsenal. So those were fantastic years in in Champions League for us. In especially the the Anfield nights were unforgettable. I was just going to okay, say you, the you have big one. Them, so <laughs> what
3: say? The big one has to be. Of that era has to be the semi-finals against Chelsea, would you say?
5: Yeah, probably the second. Uh, the, I mean, the first year, we were, because we were the underdogs. semi final second leg at Anfield, I was on the stands. And it was 90 minutes shaking. 90 minutes shaking. It was electrifying atmosphere because it was like so unexpected to be that close to the final that uh, it, was, it was just terrific to, to, to be able to feel that emotion, that, uh, that passion, that intensity in one game. I, 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 I never lived something, something else anywhere before.
3: There was electricity and you say 90 minutes, but we were there for an hour before the game. The stadium
5: was full an hour before but the game. since Luis scored the goal, the goal,
1: Fraser mm. <laughs> comes forward now, cuts and fills to Gerard, flicks it for Barros, Barros over the keeper, brought down by Paredes, was it into the middle? Oh, was that over the line? The referee looks, the referee says, goal deliverable inside the opening. 3 minutes, Luis Garcia just listen to Anfield now, the place is going to explode, Liverpool are 87 minutes away from Istanbul.
5: Everyone was oh, we can miss this, we can miss we have it in our hands, we, we want to grab it, we won't we want, uh, let it s- slip from our hands, you know, and you had that feeling, you know, and it was meant to happen.
3: Can I take you to Istanbul?
5: <laughs> we have gone <laughs> through that way many, many times. But let's
3: start at the end, though, because... because um, I,
5: but trying to 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 get some memories, I, I get that I have some kind of amnesia, and, and some of them are gone. What happened before the game, or what kind of preparation had, some things that I can't recall. Okay, uh, so I'll take
3: you to two or three things and see if we can okay. get there. The first one, starting at the end, I was looking off to 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 be part of that set up a little bit and then ended up writing a book and you were so gracious in, in victory it was two or three hours after the game three, four o'clock in the morning and you were sitting with your family around uh, there were chairs in a circle and uh, you were all having a quiet drink and, and, and I was invited to be part of that and the first shock was like I thought you were well mental after winning something like this and you were just sitting down and talking about the game with a calmness that would yeah. surprise me
5: uh, probably the, the, the euphoria was, was in the stadium and we, we got crazy. For sure, probably we, we got that uh, uh, euphoric moment in, when we got back in Liverpool, probably, when we saw so many people and what it really meant for, for them. Uh, for sure it meant so much for us, but uh, it took us for some time to, to realise how big achievement and what did really happened the miracle that it really happened and even now we are here uh, 12 years after and everyone remembers where they were that night, you know, and wherever I go, everyone talks about Istanbul, so that's why it took us a little bit of time to, to realize that Uh, History was, was made that night.
1: Leonard Johansson holds the cup up, presents it to Steven Gerrard, big smile, Turkish delight for Liverpool, they are champions of Europe, Oh, the fireworks go off, the glitter goes off, it is a sea of red and white, flash guns all around the stadium, Liverpool are kings of Europe
3: interestingly enough going backwards uh, at the moment of winning it and you go into the changing room three people involved in, in that team said they got de- depressed perhaps is too big a word but they just went down in energy and so you had given so much in the game yeah. that at that moment in the changing room sitting down is like
5: is yeah. that it? Yeah yeah. it has happened to me many times when you have put so much uh, physically emotionally the adrenaline uh, the everything is gone, and you are just destroyed, empty. so exhausted, empty, and you 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 can't uh, react to to the emotions, or so you can't react to to interact with with people. When when a big night or big game happens, you, many have many times I have that reaction as well, and I need some time to to recharge myself, mm-hmm. to, to reconnect.
3: We're going backwards to see if I can awake some memories. Uh, so we're looking at it in a different way. The, the penalty is one of those sliding doors moments. So yeah. if, if you miss the penalty and then you miss the rebound, even, miss though, the even though Gattuso said that from the moment the penalty was given, he felt that the, 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 the final was lost. He felt that's it. I mean, the, the gods are with them. But if, if you don't put that in, it's a different story.
5: Yeah, it could have been a different story for, for sure, for myself, for all my teammates, for all the staff, and for the supporters and for the club, because we were not able to sing. We we got it five times. No, probably the the <laughs> the, the song wouldn't wouldn't <laughs> exist. So so for sure, it was like uh, that uh, at that point that makes the difference between. Being part of history or not being part of, of history, and and it was my first professional penalty. Really, it was my first <laughs> professional penalty. You know, you took so the ball I, as if I it was I your see hundredth. See
3: about, eh? You took the ball as if it was the hundredth. It's me taking well, this one.
5: When you see the images, you see that my face was wow. This is I taking big responsibility. <laughs> you know? I wasn't feeling really nervous, but I was uh, well. This is a big shabby, Let's try to get it right, and and you know, some kind of drama. But at the end mission was accomplished and you know when, when I had that feeling that the, something meant for us it wasn't independent it was when, when Jersey made it that, that safe to, to Shevchenko I said well this is unbelievable the, the, the gods are with, with us and it has to be for us
3: okay, one more thing from that final uh, let's go through the half time so you are 3-0 down and Kakai is doing a lot of damage a lot of space in midfield uh, Crespo having fun as well so you you fill the gaps uh, Rafa and Paco uh, Yestran Rafa Benitez Paco Yestran walking into the long tunnel of the Atatok start saying two things we need to do one we need to fill that gap with somebody else Haman, go and warm up and two we have to raise the troops say to them remember yeah, these yeah. guys that come so, a long way
5: yeah it was a mix of uh, emotional side and a mix of tactical side and for sure for me it was a master move from Rafa to make that change to make to change to five three two and there were a mix some players that uh, were really down saying, thinking about wow, we are gonna miss this great chance, and other players that we need to try we can give up so easily this everyone that can they, they deserve at least to Uh, for us to show a a competitive uh, spirit and team spirit. And at the end, you know, you can make those things, but sometimes they work, and that time it it worked in a miraculous way.
3: So Traore takes his kid off and goes to the shower, and then the physio says, Finan is going to be injured, or Finan is injured, and Finan was crying, or was screaming anyway, I'm not injured, I'm not injured, I want to keep playing... So Charlie has to put his kit back on. Do you remember all that?
5: No, no, no. I can't, <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, so, I, I, there was an um, misunderstanding about who's coming on, who's coming off. About, or we had to say, Rafa. There's one more player. So from the board, uh, and at the end, everything, you know, was in the right place. We had a, an idea about, about the changes that we had to make. Didi sat with me in the midfield. Stevie took one position. Later, another one but uh, they were so wise moves
3: this is seven minutes in the changing room as you said uh, Rafa first put ten players on the board and you pointed out and I remember knowing that story and I said I'll ask Rafa at the end of our conversations for the book about that and he said oh yeah I put ten players but you know what I, with the confusion I actually put twelve players and they had to tell me it was yeah. twelve players so, uh, and then somebody said didn't we score three goals against Olympiacos in the yeah, second yeah, half,
5: yeah,
3: yeah, who was who said that? I or? don't
5: know, I don't know. Yeah, but we have had that uh, uh, that great comeback as well because actually in half time against Soling Pacos we were out of Champions League and they were one nil uh, up with uh, Rivaldo's goal and you know with the last goal from Stevie that every every time I see it, it was the great first, my first great night at Anfield that the, to have the chance to, to be still running in, in the Champions League, uh, we had that that uh, great feeling. And we said, why not? We we are going to try. Uh, we we kept believing, even if no one would have thought that we were going to make it, but it did happen.
3: So that, that's Anfield, that's Liverpool. Do you see yourself standing up by the bench with being able to hear all that from the fans as manager of Liverpool is that something you dreamt of you thought of
5: yeah yeah for sure I have dreamt of I, for sure I have to first have to prove myself I need to prepare but you know if I decide somewhere along the way to, to take the, my chances as a manager you know, my link my commitment my, my passion with Liverpool is there and why not we will see if we can cross paths in in our ways this
3: is Inside Football with Guillaume Balague and Xavi Alonso. Up next, we find out what it's like to play for Jose Mourinho and Pep Guardiola.
2: Inside Football with Guillaume Balague on Talk Sport.
3: You learn a lot from Rafa. At the same time, at the end, the, the, the relationship was ended up a little bit tense due to a personal situation. You talked about it. Would you, would you tell us what happened?
5: always we have had a professional relation you know we we understood very well because he we had very uh, f- football his approach of football was very tactical and and I was eager to to learn from that and you know we, it was easier for him to, to explain because we spoke Spanish so and he, he gave me a lot of responsibility and he gave me a lot of uh, Room for uh, room for decision, something that I wanted to, you know, I I want his trust for for me to to be able to to take the decisions on the pitch. And later I have explained many times. Uh, he he took he said to me once one summer that uh, he needed uh, money to Im-
1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
5: Testing a few players, and maybe I was one of the players that... I had to be sold, and I said, "Okay, Rafa, I'm professional and, and I understand you. Your job is to be a manager, and you have to take those calls." But that changed how I saw myself in in, in the team. I, I thought that you know I was one of the main players, but I accepted it. I said, "Okay, Rafa, I understand again." And it didn't. Nothing happened that summer. Uh, there there were few offers, but not good enough for for the club. And. Uh, and the next summer, I, I thought that it was probably the, the time for me to, to take another step, to try another challenge. It was the call from Madrid that it was a massive challenge for me as well. After five great years, missing few things because at that moment we had a great team, but uh, you know, I, I thought that uh, it was the right time.
3: You found uh, that that football has to open the doors to the to the real life sometimes when the the birth of your of your child at the inter game. Uh... Yeah
5: yeah for sure. Yeah it was a it wasn't an easy call for me. Because you know it was Champions League game, quarterfinals, playing San Siro. and, zero, and it's, it's difficult to miss those games. Those are the games that you want to play as a as a professional But, you know uh, I needed to, to decide I want to be part of the birth of my first child or I want to to play the game probably I took the right decision and I don't regret and I said to Rafa Rafa once he's born and everything's fine boom I'm going straight to John Lennon airport and I take the, the flight to uh, he saw it another way and uh, that's it
3: Was that the first time you had to not choose between life and football, but realize that, that the, the, the yeah, world yeah, is yeah. bigger was, than football. That
5: was the first big call because normally I, I, you know, I knew what was my job, but my job my, my job was first ahead of. When I had to, No, no, I have to train or I have to again, so I can do. But at that moment, such a big moment, uh, for sure, the person was ahead of the football player.
3: Mm-hmm. At Real Madrid, you've had some of the best coaches in the world. What did you learn from from them?
5: Well, you learn from the from the from the play, uh, managers. You learn from the club that in, in this this kind of clubs you need to be at, at top of your your game. Each each one is like a final, and you have a big uh, responsibility. And if you are not ready for these challenges, you are not ready for this for these clubs.
3: So, in the case of uh, uh, Jose Mourinho, he made he had to face a Barcelona that was the best in the world
5: yeah uh, he made uh, because for, for the last few years we had a struggle it was just one year but you know uh, Barcelona they were at their uh, at their peak they were playing you know the admiration of all the whole world they were getting so many trophies and Jose he made a big impact and he shook a little bit the the basis of, of the club and say, oh we, you can't you need to try to fight again, even if they are fantastic, we need to try to, to fight against them and to, to try to beat them. And it was like a a big uh, shock here for, for the city, for the for the club. But some things changed and it took a little bit of time but I, I thought that probably the first year we won the the Cup Final against them but probably we were not in the same level but the next year that we won the we won La Liga uh, with with a great with great records, we were much much closer, or even at the same level.
3: As you said, you even won the league in the last year of Pep Guardiola in yeah. charge. But I feel that we've seen a, a different Jose Moreno since then. That dramatically changed him. Not sure how or why, but it felt like almost like he didn't finish his business there and he had to leave far, a
5: little bit too early. Do you feel the same? Well, for sure. Uh, I guess that. We were so close, we lost three semifinals and we all, we all had that feeling at that moment that oh, it, it was really difficult for us to accept that we were so close to, to being in a final and, and uh, winning the Champions League. It, at that moment, it was crucial for us to win the Champions League. It, was, it would have been the tenth, the tenth time that uh, Real Madrid won the Champions League and for him not to be able to, to accomplish that for sure, I guess that it was. Uh, he, misses, he misses that moment with, with, with Real Madrid. We were lucky enough, the ones that we, stay, we want the next year, and that's, that's football cruelty. You've been there for so close, and the next one comes and wins it.
3: That's with Carlo Ancelotti, yeah. of course, and Sinadin Cidan as his assistant. How different was Carlo? Was Carlo what was needed at the time after the tension of, of, of the years before?
5: It worked. And for sure, and we ended up winning that. Uh, that we won the cup, we won the Champions League that year. It was uh, Carlos' uh, personality, Carlos' uh, football approach. It was different, and we we felt we felt well as well. You know, the last year with Joseph probably there were quite a bit of tension, and uh, we couldn't make it. But with Carlos we were able to win it.
3: Before the Spanish Super Cup. Uh, There were rumours that you could you could leave, Bayern Munich wanted you before, but I was told no, no, no chance. After the Super Cup, perhaps uh, because of the whistles, there were some whistles to some of the players that had been there. People were tired of the same faces. Whatever it was, the whole situation changed after this Atlético Madrid Super Cup. Is that?
5: Yeah, yeah, one. Not because of the games, because you know uh, we had, I had. We had been chasing the Champions League, and it was such a big target for us. Then that once we got it, it was like, okay, business is done, mission accomplished here. And and the call from Bayern came, and there was a stage. I was fine here. I was playing. I had the trust from the uh, the club, the manager, the president. Good relation with everyone. But it was a moment when when I had to decide. I continue here, that I, had, I don't have reasons to leave, or is it trying to try something else, to challenge myself, and to learn in a different way? And I say, take it, or, or the train leaves, or you are on, or you are not. You're not taking it. And I, and I decided that even if everything was so quickly, that I wanted to try new things, and and I, I can't regret it. You
3: had Pep Guardiola in charge, and uh, and that was a as an experience mm-hmm. completely different to whatever you had before, like completely at uh, like <laughs> to the other extreme. Or
5: well, he, no, not to an extreme. No, but he's very passionate. He's very analytic, and his his brain is always thinking about about the game, about his team about his players. And, you know, for me it was, you know, because I was most of the time, I was on the other side. And from the outside, watching this Barca, they played great, but there has to be a reason. And one, to be able to, to see that from first hand, or to be there, to what was the process, it was, it was great to me.
3: To actually do what he's doing, he has to have a, a complete belief in what he's doing, the energy to implement it. Uh, the energy to bring everybody on board and, and, you know, when there are doubts, just to convince everybody. So it's a lot of, it takes a lot of you to actually be able to play that way.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first one is himself, himself. The one that uh, gives everything, is, he gives everything for his players, for his ideas, for his staff. And that's why, the way he lives things after he has his football ideas his principles his basics that he won't negotiate with them and he wants everyone to be on board with, with those ideas yeah. and he makes all the efforts to make everyone to, to be on board for them
3: that football that he's practicing which is uh, like transformers very flexible tactically and very demanding physically and mentally and all that pressure high and all that those demands
5: is that where football is going? if you have the players you need to have the players for sure, so it's. I don't think it's a copy-paste method. You need to have the right players. You need to believe it, so uh, it doesn't work for everyone. You look at
3: uh, City, you look at Spurs, you look at Liverpool, and you see that those movements and and uh, and that uh, defending from the front and say your teams if you, if you wanted to be a modern coach or a, new, or a coach that is it's uh, in line with where football is going is that how you would like your teams to play so if you want to if you don't want to look into the future is that is that anyway the, the I style that you like?
5: I, like I like to control the games I am because you know my uh, my game has been there as a midfielder as a controller of the game I I my my idea leans towards the control and after you can have the control defending on your pitch or defending on the opponent's pitch and to do that it's so demanding for your players and for yourself to be able because if you miss one movement the imbalance that you create for the rest of the game or the team it's, it's much more uh, dangerous that it's, if that's, that's uh, created on your pitch when you have many more hubs. It's very demanding, but when something is so demanding, it's much more rewarding as well. It's a terrace that overlooks
3: uh, Madrid and the Santiago Bernabéu. So to finish off, can I take you there? And, uh, and when you see the Bernabéu, can you share with us what, what you see, what you feel when you look at it? Do you mind going yeah. to the terrace here? Oh, yeah, sure,
2: sure.
3: <laughs> Not only it's a nice view, it's a nice weather. We are in December, and it's sunny. (laughs) Uh, It's important, isn't it, that lifestyle is good as well, that that, that, that you are in a city that you enjoy. So being in Madrid must have been a a mixture of of both being in one of the biggest clubs in the world, one of the
5: (coughs) biggest stadiums, but also in a good city. If you are not happy away from football, probably you you are not happy in football. And you you need to understand those things as a supporter or as a manager you, and you need to try to find the right balance between them and for sure you got the biggest responsibility there and if that works normally the other things they work as well
3: it's interesting you're pointing out of the Santiago Bernabeu and you, the first thing that comes out is responsibility that's how you feel the history is so big
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and to, to, be, to be able to win the respect of uh, the people the fans in, in, in Bernabeu they are very very uh, demanding so you need to do things right, uh, not to show off, not to be like a player for the gallery, I mean. And you need to be a real real player. And once you, you show that, uh, I think that you gain the, the respect of, of the people there.
3: You've decided to move to Madrid to live. Uh, is that because you had a house before because the city well
5: it's a great city and we have uh, we lived here for five years we have uh, very good friends we are very close to San Sebastián where we are, we are from so yeah, it made a lot of sense for the, for the present and for the future
3: in the window we see as well as the sun a church and a church <laughs> the church being the Santiago Bernabéu next to it a really big church as well a catholic church that's Spain isn't it in just one, one picture
5: yeah, and especially in Madrid, they have so much importance. Both the both institutions, because Madrid is like an institutions, here, an institution here in Madrid and and in Spain, and, and it meant, it means so much for for the people around the streets. This is Inside Football with Guillen
3: Balague and World Cup winner Xavi Alonso.
2: Inside Football with Guillaume Balaguer on Talk Sport.
3: You've lived the evolution of the Premier League. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last few years changed dramatically. How would you uh, qualify that change from where you were there to to the Premier League now?
5: Not just the Premier League. I think that football it's becoming more uh, sophisticated. I would say much more flexible, much more analytic. But you need to share all those uh, all those focuses with the passion with the heart with the tempo with the pace if you are able to combine both things because if it's not the same if you pass a weak pass or a good pass that changes all the tempo of all the actions that are coming for to create the advantage with the tactical movement that you have think about so you need to to be able to say you have to play that way but not in any any way you have to play with that sense and with that you know that heart that passion
3: have you spoken to any of the managers that you've been with and because some of the managers that are in charge now in Premier League teams I've spoken in depth about passion they don't see the passion of players as they had as players or or in previous years is that changing
5: you think I don't think so I think that the passion is there I think that you need to for sure, you need to. As a manager, for me, it's uh, one of the toughest uh, tasks. Are the players to be focused and to and to have priorities in, in in the lives and in in the game about what's important and what's not so important, and to be that leader to show them and to convince them. For me, it's probably one of the diffi- most difficult tasks of the manager to be. To be that, uh, that one that convinces the players to, to live as a football player and to, put, to have the priority of football ahead of everything.
3: As a child, you moved to Barcelona because of your dad. Yeah, yeah. So you were aware as well who your dad was very yeah. early on. Uh, you went to watch him? Yeah, I yeah, sure. watch sure. And he was, of course, international with Spain, was in the World Cup for Spain, and he played again uh, with Maradona. Has he ever told you many stories about that that time?
5: Well, because my father, he has never been telling us many stories, but for sure, you know, knowing the early days of Maradona in Barcelona, how he came and the way he, he played and the way he lived, we have heard a few, few things about him. And, and for sure, football for me, it, it has come in a very natural way because I have lived it. Since I was four or five years, I was able to go to the trainings of Barcelona or to Sabadell or to go, to go to with Eibar when, when my father was a coach. So my education has been around football. So after to become a professional, I have like lived it in a more normal, normal way
3: in the streets did you play in the streets in yes. Barcelona you did
5: yeah yeah in the streets in Barcelona and mainly in Sebastian.
3: and you ever scored a World Cup winning goal in the street
5: World Cup many many World Cup for us were World Cup finals most of them
3: and did you <laughs> shout we won the World Cup <laughs> sure, this yeah, is yeah, the we, one
5: we were like so so we wanted uh, the, the game and to all the Wanted to get all the shirts from the teams and the boots and the balls and to, yeah.
3: And you, did you ever shout, "And Xavi Alonso
2: scored the winning goal of the yeah, World yeah. Cup"?
3: Well, you have won a World even, Cup.
5: Even, even huh? my brother and I, uh, we had like um, a recorder. It wasn't an iPhone, of course. It was like a recorder, <laughs> I, and we used to interview ourselves. And really? Uh, well, what do you think about the game? Uh, was, uh, well, we were just. <laughs> 10, 12 years old. Have you got those tapes? No, no, no. Luckily, they are, <laughs> I don't know where they are, but they, they will be fine. And that uh, will be after the game in the street. Yeah, 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 yeah. When we got home and mom, uh, Shabi, Mikel, come home. Okay, we go, oh, Shabby, what do you think of the game? Mikkel, yeah. <laughs> Did Mikkel interview you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or
3: the other way around?
5: No, both were around. <laughs>
3: Brilliant. Uh, so, but anyway, you just happen to have won a World Cup anyway.
5: from But I never thought about it it was so far away that I never even dreamed of uh, being able to to win it
3: to finish off let's pick three moments from, from that uh, World Cup the first one you need the luck as well as the talent to actually manage to go that far and there was a penalty missed against Paraguay uh, obviously we went through but it needed Casillas to save one as well so uh, how important it is say for a, team, a nation like England, who are trying to find themselves, and they all trying to explain it via, uh, I don't know, the lack of strength after a strong uh, the the calendar or the lack of quality. But you need that moment of luck, Tony.
5: I think that to win the World Cup, to win the Euro, or even to win the Champions League, along the way, you need a moment of luck. That moment that changes everything. That detail that can be so can determine the the future or, or the the path of of a team always lived in with Champions League with Liverpool, Champions League with, with Madrid, the first Euro with Spain with, with the penalties, the World Cup with those penalties, the safe of Iker in the final to, to Arjen Robben, not the last Euro in 2012 when we we played the best game I have ever played in the final. And so there are a few things that in football luckily you can control that they just happen and they can happen your way or the other way around.
3: And then let's jump into the, uh, the final. Football is full of pictures, iconic moments and days. The, the young, uh, the, 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 the knock to your chest. And you, I've read uh, when you explain about that situation that, that you kind of had to reset yourself.
5: At the moment, I, I didn't realise what happened. I said, what, what the hell happened here? What what came in my chest? <laughs> because I felt something that I had never felt before. It was so strong, so direct the impact on my chest that I couldn't even breathe. But but I, I was on the on the ground on the floor and come this is the World Cup final, you can <laughs> miss it. you need to carry on, you need to carry on um and, and 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 I kept going not feeling perfectly but I kept going. Did, did, did all that
3: stay on the rest of the game, that, that either pain or confusion? or
5: No, not confusion, pain, yeah, yeah, I had to go through pain, but, you know, it was worth it.
3: And then there was the Iron Robin chance.
2: And it's put wide, great save from Casillas, Iron Robin was through, so much time to think about it, drew Casillas, hitting towards the bottom left-hand corner. And he's blocked it with his right thigh and put it behind for a corner. I
3: was in the uh, uh, media stands. I stood up and started kicking a chair. I don't understand my reaction, but it, w- it was like, I, 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 I cannot even explain it.
5: It was a moment of,
3: of madness. Yeah,
5: yeah. How did you feel on the no, pitch no, as well? No, I, I can I can't remember. But you need to be a saint and Iker has that same moment along his career. And we all remember and we all love him for, for that moment because he changed our professional our lives uh, and it was unbelievable and, and each time I, I, I see the action I, I'm still shaking. About in case it goes in.
3: In case it goes <laughs> in. And then of course the Niesta goal which he describes it as he felt like the, um, the whole stadium went silent and And you could even hear the knock of the ball as if that was the only sound at that moment. How did you leave that
5: yeah I, I think I lived it very emotionally, but the way he describes it the the ball is going up, and he 's seeing it fell and coming the right position for him to kick and the silence it's it's very like poetic that moment for him to, to describe that way.
2: Iniesta clever back heel flick from him Fabregas works it round the corner Fernando Torres has got it on the left hand side now Torres clipping it inside the box a very tired challenge gets it away Fabregas through it's Iniesta to win the World Cup for Spain that's the goal that surely sees them crowned champions of the world
5: when the action happened, you can see that he's feeling that that way and you know it meant meant the world for us we we had the feeling that we were the kings of the world for that for those moments and and because we we were living so uh, so great things coming from the euro uh, winning the, the world cup and and for us, uh, it was a privilege for, for our lives.
2: It has taken 80 years, but Spain are the champions of the world. Casillas in tears again as he lifts the trophy to the heavens. Finally, the great underachievers of world football have their hands on the biggest prize of all Spain. The world champion.
4: Ika Casillas grasped the European Championship trophy and thrust it into the night Kiev sky. Spain are kings of Europe again. A remarkable travel has been achieved. European world and European glory again. The most consistently successful international team in history. Spain are immortal.
3: Well, that finished the chat with Xavi Alonso. I have the impression you have just discovered why he's loved not just by Liverpool fans. Now we will have to impatiently wait to see what kind of manager he will become. Would he be as structured as Rafa Benitez, as tactically flexible as Pep Guardiola? Would he use the press like Jose Mourinho? Would he just let the players rule, like Ancelotti or Del Bosque? Meanwhile, it has been a pleasure to stop with him along this fascinating football journey he has undertaken, which has allowed him to discover new cultures, new languages, new way of doing things. For him, clearly, football is life and life is football. Thanks for listening, and hasta luego
2: Inside football with Guillaume Balagay on Talk Sport